So we got Hebrews verse. We'll start at verse one or what? Yeah. <coughs> it says, "You want to read? Go ahead." <coughs> All right. Maybe I'll read the first <coughs> five verses. Okay. It says, uh, God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. So it's showing a progression here of how God spoke to man, whom he hath appointed heirs of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Okay. That's a question. Verse 5. <clears throat> Looks like a statement, but it's a question. Yes, two questions. Okay. All right. So we see at the beginning of this, it talks about God. So we could see that God created the heaven and the earth in the beginning, God. So we know who that is. He's the creator, right? <clears throat> I like this verse one and two. Um, God, who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in his last days spoken unto us by his son. I almost see the deity there, man. <clears throat> Is that... Um, is that Jesus Christ is the one that's going to be speaking. You look over here at verse 3, and it says, and upholding all things by the word of his power, right? As he's speaking, he's upholding all of God's words, right? And it's the power uh, that he had. Uh, remember they said, who is this man to teach, man? He's an unlearned person. You know, who is this man? I know he's the man Christ Jesus. I think that's pretty cool. And you know, you got the Hebrews 4.12, right? Talking about the word again. Mm -hmm. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper uh, than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why we should read the Bible. You know, just talking to God isn't 
just praying just isn't it's one way street man you know the lord's wanting fellowship the word of god is what speaks to us it's god how he speaks to us you know yeah now pertains now mm-hmm. pertains to the prophets there so god didn't speak to israel for what was it around 400 years or something uh yes is that what from malachi to was that yes. was that the end of uh uh, God's uh, prophets to, towards Israel was in the book of Malachi? Well, no, Zechariah was the last prophet. Okay. But uh, and in the Bible, chronologically, the way the books are laid out, Malachi is the last prophet of the Old Testament order of the books. Okay. But Zechariah was the last one. That's why when Jesus Christ had mentioned that about you'd killed your prophets in between uh, the temple, you know, of the altar. And it was a reference to Zechariah because they were saying, uh huh. I wonder if that means they stopped asking for God's guidance. So he stopped sending it to them. I don't know. You think they were? <clears throat> do you think they maybe weren't really praying to him at that time? Uh, oh, brother, they were in idolatry, man. The uh, they were in idolatry. Look at at least at least the priests, anyway. But, you know, I can't say about individual people. The nation, brother, the nation. Mm-hmm. The nation was in idolatry. Look, he calls. In Jeremiah chapter 5, he calls judgments on, the, uh, on Judah's sins and what they had done. Okay? And then what did they do? Uh, verse 3, O Lord, are not thy eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them. Thou that this have not grieved, thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. You see that, man? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the na- that's the nation of Judah. That's where the priest was supposed to rise out of, the, uh, or the king. I'm not. So, I'm sorry. The king was supposed to rise out of Judah. You know, the royalty. Mm, yeah. Right. The king. You know, the promise that was made unto David, the promise that was made unto Abraham, you know? So, man, you can go through there. You can look at Isaiah, too. They just, they go, they're constantly just bowing down to idols, constantly going after things that is not God. And I think he clears that up in Romans 1, where he says that they worship and serve the creature more than the creator. I think that sums up all the prophets, is the idolatry and the wickedness and everything that they've done, is the point of their heart was to serve and worship the creature more than the creator. And then the creator goes so far, it goes infinite from there. We're talking about God. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about salvation in Christ. We're talking about 
the redemption. We're talking about everything, man. All in all. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I like that. I think that's, uh, that's an amazing man. Well, Amazing. it's interesting in verse 2, it says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, yeah. whom, hath all, whom he hath appointed heirs of all things. Yeah. Um, so, so, I wonder if there was not any prophet, prophets um, up until Christ. After after that time, there he said about Zechariah, and reading through the Old Testament or the New Testament, you know the Gospels, you don't see a lot of prophecy going on there, do you? I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't the pro- prophecy is being fulfilled, and then there is <clears throat> certain things in the Word of God that is prophesied that Jesus had spoke that is written down yeah. like Matthew 24 for example mm-hmm. you know that's true he that endure to the end mm. you know um, that's true uh, that's true but as far as there's no prophets at that time no right now we're supposed to be prophesying which is just according to scripture speaking the words of God that's what well, that's what that is. They're two different things. So when so when John the Baptist saw Christ, he said, "Behold, it's the Lamb of God, taketh away the sins of the world." And when then Christ asked, "Who who do you say I am?" He said, "Are you a, a prophet?" Because they hadn't seen a prophet in a long time. They never, yeah. they never saw one before. Well, Jesus Christ is the last prophet, I would say, until the prophets in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Right. Even when... Right. <laughs> yeah, even when... Even when the apostles were doing some things there in the book of Acts and a little bit after... Um, they they weren't prophesying either. Seems like they had some healing abilities. Who's that? Some of the uh, apostles. Oh yes, they did. But I I still can't recall a time in the Book of Acts where they're actually prophesying. Well, yeah. Actually, what were they doing? They were, they were speaking of um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. So their their prophesying was just declaring the written word of God. Yeah. Well, they were they were bringing into the they were bringing the prophets into their preaching. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they were using, is the scripture. Mm, take that back. There is one prophecy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a book of Revelation. Yeah. So there, there is that one, that one time, that one instance. Yeah. 
and that was when God was using somebody and um, as an instrument to uh, record scripture about a about a future event. So there's no there's no localized prophecy. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that uh, that is. Uh, beneficial to a whole nation or or the church not just not just an individual yeah <clears throat> so Jesus Christ is the last prophet okay you know I just want to bring up a point in Ephesians 4.11 a prophet is one of the gifts of the body of Christ and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But that, that just could mean that he just gave us the prophets of old. That doesn't mean nobody knew. Oh, exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah, it doesn't say that's the way to, to operate the church today. It just says no, we gave just same it just said gifts. It just says we God gave some apostles. Well gosh, we know who the apostles are. Yeah, exactly. And what they said was the words of Christ. And what the prophet says was um backing up what the apostles were preaching. Yeah, he's just to me he's just Talking about the just the dispensations and and the different gifts and the different times. Mm. It's not a blueprint on how to operate a church today. I don't see that because I don't see any support in the New Testament beyond that. Well, everything that these apostles, these prophets, these evangelists, these pastors, and these teachers. You know, especially the apostles and the prophets, we're to obey what they say. Is it in that supposed to follow? Is it in that order? It's apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Yeah, it's in that order. Yeah, go to it. Look. So it makes sense. I mean, that's. That's how the that's how the church started. Yeah, I think that's a good point because the uh, because the apostles didn't have the scripture, like didn't have the New Testament at all, you know, at this time. So they had to use the prophets when they preached, you know, men and brethren, right? Yeah. Go. Uh, well, you didn't have pastors before a church. No. So, well, you did because pastors is a priest. A priest. And and Jeremiah pastors are are shepherds. You can go there and look at that if you want. I believe I think I remember it's in Jeremiah chapter ten because it's kind of like with John chapter ten. It's how I try to remember it because John chapter ten is Jesus is the I am the good shepherd, you know.
Yeah, this is Stephen right here, brother. <clears throat> uh, Acts chapter seven. Then said the high. Then said the high priest, "Are these things so?" And he said, "Men and brethren and fathers, hearken." The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Chiron and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred. Come into a land which I shall show thee. Then come he out of the land, okay, of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Chiron from thence when his father was dead, he removed him into his land. There was he now dwell. Okay. Then he goes on. Oh, he goes on a lot. That's a long sermon. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. It says, it says it in that order, so I don't know how it could be dispensationally, but I could see it that it being that the apostles didn't have the scripture of the New Testament at the time because it wasn't written down, given by the Holy Spirit to them. Um, and they had to use the scripture of the Old Testament saying, you know, it's like when you're going through uh, Galatians and Romans, you have a lot of connection to the Old Testament scriptures, you know, um, for, for, for all have sinned, you know, yeah, connection to the Old Testament to show that, um, you know what I mean? Look at Romans 1, it says, Paul, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of Christ, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. See? Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made in the seed of David according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. But, well, anyways... What else did you see there? Um, well, I mean, the deity, but the deity and the prophecy being spoken and fulfilled by, by the words of Christ himself, yeah. by God himself. Yeah. Who, number verse three, who being the brightness of his glory and upholding all things by the word of his power, mm. so by his his word holds up all things. So yeah, that's a, that's a reference to his deity. He sat down at the right hand. Of the right hand of the majesty on high. Being made so much better than the angels as he hath mm -hmm. by 
inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Yeah. Look at this where it says in verse 3, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding, okay? So go back to John or Acts chapter 7 and look at 54. We'll start there. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gashed upon him with their teeth. All right. This is after Stephen had just preached uh, this powerful message. We were there at the beginning of it. But, you know, he said, you stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do you or ye? sorry, which the prophets have not. Your fathers persecuted. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? See, he calls them out on the card. You know, calls them out on the table. Um, but it says, 55, but he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus Christ, Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Brother, you see that? Mm -hmm. Well, well, I see what I see is if you're looking at the glory of God, you'll be also seeing Christ in that picture. Say that again. It tells me that if you can see the, if you're looking at the glory of God, Christ is there also. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure you can look at God without seeing Christ. Well, well, it it shows that God came in into this world, right? And it shows that it was just the brightness of his glory. But what we have as believers, whether it's by stone or whether it's by plane crash or whatever, we are going to see the glory of God and Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's what's talked about with death. This was right before he died. So we can, as believers, know that our hope is that Jesus Christ is standing and waiting to receive us into his own. Mm -hmm. Look at uh, verse 59 there, Jay. And they stoned Stephen, calling Mm -hmm. upon God and and saying... Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. You see that? That's deity, brother. Uh Yeah, that's a very, very powerful verse there. Yeah. Lord Jesus with a capital L. 
Yeah. But calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus. Look, he cried out, God, my Lord Jesus, save me. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Or receive my spirit. I mean, they're, they're one. Yeah, exactly. Let me see something. Hold on, okay? Or you can keep talking, but. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to, I just thought that was interesting thinking about that. Uh, thinking about that. I thought that was interesting. You know, I wanted to get into this spoke. Um, Jesus Christ said some amazing things in the book of John that we need to take heed to. I think myself, I need to, uh, but they're very, very good things, man. And I'll go until when you're ready. One of the things that he says in John chapter 3, verse 33, he that hath received his testimony hath set this his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit of measure unto him. For the Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. What I like to see here is that Jesus Christ spoke the words of God. And as that verse that we've seen back there in Acts 7.59 is there one, Right? Right. Now, those are the words of God. Six, John six, sixty-three. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, what was those words that he spake in John 3? The words of God, right? Uh-huh. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. Well, that's because he's God and he's standing in front of them. And he said, Therefore, uh, therefore said I unto you. Oh, I'm sorry, I gotta go to sixty eight. Then Simon Peter answered and said unto him. Unto him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. All right. Where shall we go, man? So in these last days, Jesus Christ has spoken unto us. He's spoken us unto about eternal life that is only in his name. Eternal life that is in his blood. The eternal blood that he shed for our sins. You know, there's life in living for him. You could bear fruit, which you could not bear fruit before. You can bring forth fruit unto God. You know, you got to think about that. Cain brought fruit unto God and it was rejected. But now Jesus Christ had restored that by having the curse of the earth with a crown of thorns on his brow, Aaron. Mm -hmm. And by those crowns of thorns that was on his brow, man. What ended up taking place 
is that he took that curse and bore it himself and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, which was what? A tree that was shaped into that by man's hands. But Christ bore that cross, bore that shame, bore that reproach for you and I. John chapter 10, verse 21 also says, Others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? These men dare blaspheme the Holy Ghost by saying that Jesus Christ had a devil because he healed a man's eyes from not being able to see the sea. Wow. And they said, these are not the words. Some people reason, man. These are not the words of him that hath a devil. How could that be? Why would the devil allow a man to see? He's got him right where he wants. Hopeless. No hope. Without God in the world. Right? Why would a man need that? Why would a man? Why would a, he wants hope? Oh, Lord, cried out. That thing about cried out in Acts uh, with Stephen, that's another part of of these men that cried out unto the Lord. And the man that was blind cried out unto the Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I don't know. Amen. Arise. Take up that bed and walk. Um, John chapter 14. Look what it says here about this spoke, speaking man. I just thought it was really interesting. John chapter 10, or uh, um, 14 verse 10. I'm sorry. Believest thou not that I am in the Father? And the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. 26 of that chapter. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I said unto you. What I said. Amen, man. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think this one, this verse gels it all together, I believe. For I have not given, for I have not given unto them the words which thou for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. And they have received them and have known surely that I come out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst sent me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Who are the ones that is given? The ones that's received. And all mine are thine, and they are mine, and I am glorified in them. Oh, and I now am, 
I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. Whoa. Right? Amen. So just thinking of the words Jesus had said, those are just some of them. Did you find your, uh, did you find your, your verses you're looking for? Well, I'm still here in Acts and, um, yeah, I did. I did. But it's, but All right. It's... Recap what we were talking about to, and then get into those verses again. And it gives me a second to get back there. Well, okay? we, were, we were talking about the deity, the deity of Christ. And then when we mm. were looking at Acts there and uh, Stephen's account, and then when they stoned him. Yeah. There's, well, there's a few things here. Uh, well, there's two things. Two things that I see. So, here towards the end of the situation, we're in uh, Acts 7.54. And Peter looks up. Or, I'm sorry, Stephen looks up. <clears throat> and it says, after he was done... Uh, talking to them, preaching to them. They were cutting their hearts when they heard these things, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But at verse 55, it says, But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked steadfastly up into heaven, and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. So what Stephen is beholding, Jason, is that Jesus Christ is where he said he would be, standing next to the Father. And what Stephen was beholding as he looked up into heaven and he saw the glory of God, the thing that he said, and he mentioned it twice, what he saw was Jesus Christ. So, so verse 55 and 56, um, the focus there is, uh, is Jesus Christ. And then get down to verse 59 and 60. Let me discuss it for a minute. But, and then they stoned Stephen. Calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, saying, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So in verse 60, it says, Lord, and I ask, who's he talking about there? Is that uh, Jesus Christ? And of course the answer is yes. But look what comes after that. It says, and he kneeled down and he cried with a loud voice, Lord, now what does he ask the Lord to do? He asks the Lord to do something that only God can do. Lay not this sin to their charge. Mm. So, 
this is a, a very, very, very strong uh, verse showing who Jesus Christ is. And then I pulled up in the, uh, the New World translation here for the Jehovah's Witness, and it's very, very similar. It's very, very similar. We see that Stephen prayed, according to their book, it says Stephen prayed. And he prayed what, he, what did he pray? He prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. So, there's one instance here, at least, that, that they, were, they were praying to Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, Lord, don't charge them with the sin. So remember when I told you before how they're only allowed to pray to Jehovah. They can't, they can't incite the Jehovah's Witnesses. They, can't, they, they can only pray to Jehovah. They're not allowed to pray in any other name here. But we see here in the New World Translation... Uh, instance of Stephen praying directly to Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. So, so we know Christ is in heaven. Now let's go back to Hebrews and see. This is talking about the glory of God in Hebrews. Back in chapter 1. In chapter 1, verse 3, about his glory. So you know when you look up at the glory of God, you're going to see Jesus Christ standing at his right hand also. Yes. And that's because he, uh, he died and he rose from the dead uh, for our sins and he's He's where he's supposed to be. He's where he said he would be. So that's all. That's all I got for for the first three verses there in Hebrews. Okay. And it goes on to say, verse four, he's uh, made so much better than the angels. So we can see that. We can see that because he's at the right hand of God. He has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Well, that's because he's the son of God. And you know inheritance, you inherit. You inherit everything that your father had. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the inheritance of Jesus Christ is is the fullness of God. Well, verse verse yeah. five now is a question. It does. It looks like a statement, Jason, but it's actually a question. So what's the question? For well, the question is to the angels, which of the angels? 
said he at any time. That's what I was asking. He hadn't. Mm -hmm. He didn't say any of that to any of them. He only said it to his son. Mm -hmm. And it's capital S. How my son, the show is the first first two happy in his last days spoken to us by his son. Like it's his name. His title. Mm Mm-hmm. And we know a son and a father, right, Jason? They should always honor, a son should always honor the father. And um, a young son will always speak on behalf of the father. He'll speak of the things his father taught him, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what's verse 6 say? Verse 6 says, And again, when he bringeth forth, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he stayeth, and let all the angels of God worship him. And the angels, and of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire, But unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Who says what in verse 8 there, Jason? Who says what? What are you talking about? Says, but unto the Son, he saith. So who's speaking? And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son, he saith, God speaking. Ah, Thy throne, O God. God is speaking about his Son, and his Son is God. Yeah, but unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and Interesting, ever. huh? That reminds me of David. When, uh, what's that verse, Jay, when uh, David was talking about when he saw his Lord pray unto. How, well, how's that verse go? I don't know. Say it again a little bit. Um, David said, I saw my Lord pray unto his Lord or. Something like that. I don't know. I, mean, I can find it here. <clears throat> you got a reference here in Matthew 22. And we got a reference here in Psalms 110. Let me see if that's it. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand. Yeah. Until I make thine enemies my footstool. Yeah, that's it. How could David say 
No. Yeah, is that it? The Lord said unto my Lord? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting verse there, and it sounds really similar here to uh, Hebrews 1, verse 8. But unto the Son, he said. Yeah. What was that one again? Psalm 110, verse 1. And I think I saw a reference here in Matthew. Yeah. Matthew twenty two forty four. What's that? I think it's a reference to that same verse in Psalms there. It says uh, 23. The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection and asked him, saying, mm, hold on, that's the wrong one. I can't find it. Do you have it, Jay? I was going off what you said. Matthew 22. I'm sorry. I couldn't think of what you were what you were talking about with the verse to connect it. Uh, it's just, it sounds to me like it's a reference here. Hebrews 1 8 is, yeah. uh, is a reference to uh, Psalms 110 and then Matthew Matthew twenty two forty four. Just more, more of the deity of Christ. Oh yeah, you're right. Forty four. What were you asking me if I had that verse? I didn't know if you had it up. I couldn't locate it here. Oh okay. Yeah, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make my en- thine enemies thy footstool. If David then called him Lord, how is he a son? And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. Uh-huh. So that'd be good for a future study. I, I so much believe that Hebrews chapter 1 here ties in with that, and it would be good to uh, to see the fullness of the connection between Hebrews 1 and then those verses. Yeah. If it would help. Well, I think that in the context of 7 and 8, I think that it shows forth that it is God that's speaking to him, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it shows forth his deity. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God. So he called the Son mm-hmm. God. Well, I see what you're saying back there as well. Is how could David say, Lord, you know, he's not a son? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, it's an interesting verse. Yeah. 
Yeah, it sure is. Let me see. That's in Hebrews, right? Yep. Hebrews 1. Let's see. Hebrews. Let's search Hebrews here. 1 8. Full chapter. Yeah, that's right here in the Jehovah's Witness Bible too, Jay. Very similar wording. Oh, amen. Good to know. Mm -hmm. To witness. That'd be one of the verses I need to add for... Uh, that's the one verse I should just send over to him. To that guy, Robert, who mm -hmm. never answered me. Or next time you talk to him or something. And then the one in Stephen, the Acts there too, about yeah. Stephen praying to the Lord would be good also. Yeah. And asking the Lord to, uh, Jesus Christ, to forgive their sins. Mm, yeah, amen. Amen. And that shows that he has communication also with Jesus Christ. Yes. Okay. I know that's not... Uh, um, topical study and that's more of a topical study there in Hebrews but some things are pulling out of Hebrews chapter 1 there huh yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah there's a lot of other good stuff there we skipped over a lot of a lot of meaty things I don't know if you want me to go back over them try to go over them quick um, if you want to sure um, let's see I won't go over talking about the speaking because we talked about that a little bit more but or we talked about that a little bit but just a couple other things um, is in verse 2 half in these last days spoken unto us um, we must got to take note of the word us throughout this um, this uh, book it's very very important um, his and us, he, um, there's some very important words that you have to take note when going through here, you know, uh, us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, Matthew 21, Matthew 21, get, get rid of that guy real quick, Matthew 21. Matthew 21, 33 through 46. We don't have to, I don't think we have to read all of it. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged it to one press therein and built a tower and led it about their husbandmen and went to a far country. Okay. And when the time was come and the fruit drew near, he said unto the servants, and servants to the husbandmen, that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husband took his servants and beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. Again, he said unto his servants, more than the first. And they did unto them likewise. 
the last of all he sent unto him his son, saying, They will receive my son. But when the husband saw, husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard. Jesus Christ was killed outside of the city and slew him. When the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard come, cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They say unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and let them out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits of their seasons. Right? The fruit of the Spirit. Jesus said unto them, did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builder rejected the same has become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing. And it was marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, say I unto you that the kingdom of God shall not be taken from you, but the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringeth forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall upon this stone shall be broken. But of whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Wow. Look at what they're going to do. The heir was killed, right? And they said, these people should be Take it away, these husbandmen, and their their vineyard needs to be given away. Okay, I'll do exactly what you said. That other nation is who, Aaron? Well, the other nation—that's the—that's uh, the church. That's the church. That's the uh, that's the Gentiles. The Gentiles, Amen. The church is. There's nobody in it. But this is dealing with the nation. I think it's dealing with. It says here that the Lord purposely chose the stone, the stone that they cast off to become the corner. Yeah, they rejected the stone which the builders So the rejected. Lord took the very thing that they rejected to build the church on. Amen, bro. That's good. Cut them deep down in their hearts. Another question out of that thing, Jay, what is the son's inheritance? What is the inheritance of the son? The bride. The believer. The redemption of the body. Well, is it also... Is it also the the fullness of God too, or is it 
Is it just speaking about you? Well, he has the fullness of God. You know? Are we talking about the Lord? Are we talking about Uh, believers? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I remember when you brought it up where it says, and and to be held the glory of God and Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of the Father, uh, the right hand mm-hmm. of God. You know, <laughs> it's like that. I think. Just a question: Is there any references to the inheritance? In the New Testament? Yes, there's a lot. Yes, there is. A good study. Okay, so that comes off of Hebrews. What? Comes we got what? there from Hebrews. What verse? Talking about the air. We're talking about the air that was rejected. Um, and you brought up a good point about the rock. And um, verse 18 of Matthew 16 says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church in the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. So we see that the, the connection there about they rejected the stone and that same stone has become the foundation. Look at, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 3, the foundation. That's the predestination, brother, that, um, that God, God knew already before he sent Christ that they would reject him. He, yes, that's predestination. He knew already Amen, that um, the, the hearts of them wasn't, wouldn't be willing to receive the Lord. So he took that thing mm-hmm. to to weed out the, the evil. He, he put the very thing they reject in front of them and asked them to choose. Amen. First Corinthians three eleven says, "For the foundation, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid. Then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest." Right. Mm-hmm. So we see that Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the one that we're supposed to build ourselves upon. We're supposed to build ourselves in the most holy faith is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to immerse ourselves in the Bible and in prayer and in probably fasting. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank <laughs> you.
Yeah, so that's good. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, but they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, the things present or things to come, all are yours. And ye are Christ's, and Christ is God. Yep, that's a, that's a predestination thing there with the cornerstone. Yeah. Yes. But it's not what they're saying. You know, mm-hmm. it's false what they teach. You got to look at it as who the who the stone is. You have to understand who the foundation is. And then when it says that the predestined from the foundation is that we could build upon Christ things that is going to be able to give unto him well, at his coming. Well, I see that age-old question because they're always trying to answer, you know, if the Lord knows and how is it not chosen? Well, the answer is right there, Jason. He just said he put the cornerstone for them to choose or deny, but he made that stone the stumbling block. The stumbling point. So he didn't choose their, yeah. they didn't choose their hearts. He just put. He just put some. No, they chose something right serve. there in front of them that was just gonna cut deep down in their hearts, and it was up to them. Yeah. So he yeah. didn't choose them to go to hell. No. That blows up that whole that whole topic. Yeah. Because they they already really chose to reject them. It says they chose in their hearts to reject him before he was the Messiah. I mean, before before he walked on the earth. Yeah, but who's the they? Because there's many that believe in the Lord. Right? There's 5,000 fed, 3,000. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, the reason why that topic keeps coming up, Jay, is because it's right contrary to the gospel. That's why when we're reading through the Bible, you see it yes. over and over. Yes. There's so many things like that. You could be talking about the deity, and it's over mm-hmm. and over and over. The Trinity, over and over mm-hmm. and over, you know? It's, it's just, uh, I don't know what it is. You've got to come to the humble yourself, I guess, at the mighty hand of God. Ask Him to help you. <clears throat> well, good. So, where was that, Jane? That was Hebrews. We're still mm-hmm. talking about air, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. 
look at this. Um, 13 through 15. Romans chapter 4, 13 through 15. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, mm. the chosen ones, right? But to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. You know what, Jason? All right. That kind of says to me that somebody with an evil heart very well could follow a written law. But it, but that doesn't yeah. say anything about their heart. Right? I mean, no, but we know what the heart of man is. It's wicked and deceitful above all things who can know it. That's, you know, we know because of the law, right? We do know what's in our hearts. But what I I think what it's saying here, though, is that we're having salvation through faith because you can have a person with a wicked heart still follow the written law. You can follow the Ten Commandments to a T, and your and your heart can still be wicked as all yeah. get out. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's not by faith, and that's why we live by the faith of the Son of God, because Jesus Christ had fulfilled that law. We did all things that thou said. Remember we were right mm-hmm. I mean, I mean me what I mean is them. giving the law doesn't clean your heart, does it? It's just, it's just the law. It doesn't make your heart clean. No, right. it doesn't. and never can. The law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. There's no need for a tutor anymore once you've come to Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? The loss for those that are uh, uh, disobedient, you know, gainsaying, you know, the law convicts when you're out of line. That's what pulling back, keeping you in order because the law is written on our hearts now. What is that? It's powerful than the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. brother. We're talking about the law of Christ. The law of Christ who obeyed everything that God has ever spoke and was going to speak New and Old Testament about what he yeah. said. You know what I mean? And they're going to go fulfill everything that's coming up. Yeah, it's the only thing the that future. can cleanse your heart. Yes, exactly. His blood that was shed. Because then he brings up, talking about faith here, we're talking about Therefore, it is of faith 
that it might be by grace. Well, we know, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Uh, right? And then what you have also going on there is that you have, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. Oh, nothing. Um, and if you thought you could be saved by the law, you are deceived. Yes. Too, because yes. it's uh, because it's by grace through faith. So, a law never could save you. It never said it could mm. save you. It never claimed it could save you. It was a schoolmaster to show you, to show you, to reveal your heart unto you. You, you know what I mean? So people can heart can be revealed. Um. That was its only purpose. It was never for salvation to, to begin with. That's what I think it's saying here in Romans. But the, the law never yeah. could have saved you in the first place. Well, even from Abraham, it says, it says, for the promise to be the heir of the world was not to Abraham, nor to his seed through the law. Yeah, because it wasn't given yet. Wasn't so four hundred, yeah, but some odd years later, faith. Yeah, and that's where it's at. It's clean on faith, and that's where we live by the faith of the Son of God, because it is by His righteousness that I am made righteous. You know. Yeah, which should be very that humbling. Makes sense. Very humbling to us to think um, of the righteousness of who Christ was. How how we we don't even come close to comparing to that, <laughs> do we? I mean, our hearts uh, just wicked, huh? Not good. Well, what I think, what it really is, brother, is that we need to repent. Because every bit of the promises of God are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. And the problem is that, yes, our heart does prone to wander. We know it does. But the, we, we, we sit in that. We waller in that. You know? We end up getting down in that hog pen and carrying on, and we don't need to be. Mm -hmm. We can arise and awake, and we can go unto our Savior. Awake out of thy sleep. Arise. Put on Christ. You know, put on the new man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a promise. It's there something for us. If we stop, yeah. or me, stop pushing it away. Well, that's where we need to humble ourselves. That's where it needs to be taking place. We need to ask the Lord to humble our hearts. Cry out. We're going to crowd out our death, man. 
Are we going to cry out now before while we have time? And then maybe we can sow some seed for Christ. Huh. Man. Look at, look at this. Uh, this is what I was talking about. Uh, the righteousness of faith. Look at this, man. In 2 Corinthians 5.21. Look what it says. It says, for he hath made him to be sin for us. There's that us again, Aaron. Right? Who knew no sin. Why? That was a statement. That wasn't a question. But I'm asking why? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And look at what it says in 1 Corinthians. I said just a bit of it, but I didn't realize the connection here. For all the promises of God in him are yea. And in him, amen unto the glory of God by us. Amen, brother. And look at 1 John 3, 17. It says, and whosoever has, his, has this world's goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? This goes both ways, physical and spiritual, brother. The time is nigh. The time is at hand. Why are we why are we waiting in, until the middle of the night to trim our lamps, bro? I know that's not to us, it's to the nation of Israel and the tribulation period. But I'm trying to use as a practical term that Yeah. We brother, I've found Brother, I found a verse in the Bible that I've always I mean, seen it before, but um never really realized it, Jay. There's a verse in here in Romans when you took us to chapter four talking about the very thing that need that happens to us or that needs to take place for us to get saved it's a it's laid out jay it's specific let's start in verse let's start for okay. 19 it's going to be verse 21 start at 419 it says and being not weak in faith okay. he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. We know that about faith, right? Listen, listen to the definition of faith here, Jay. This is the definition of salvation. It's in verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform isn't that faith isn't that the definition isn't that what takes place in your heart when you become saved as you faith you're you're fully persuaded that what jesus christ said he was at promise that he was able to perform it's like that's the exact definition of our salvation I've never ever seen that. Yeah, I never realized that that faith was defined in the Bible. Well, it's defined also in Hebrews eleven. But look at verse twenty-two. It says, "And therefore it was imputed." 
It was added to us. His righteousness was taken and put on us. I like to look at it as the seal of the Holy Spirit. Imputed. Because that righteousness came from the spirit of the living God. Right? Out of, out of him in the word. He imputed him for righteousness. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. That was with Abraham. But it was, it's imputed unto us as well if we believe Jesus Christ, you know. And that Holy Spirit of promises sealed unto us and we're sealed unto the day of redemption. That's like uh, Boaz. No. Um, oh, oh, not Boaz. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the king's signet, the ring, what they do is they take the ring and they take the scroll and they put it into the wax and put the seal and no one could break that seal but who was worthy. Yeah, yeah it's, you know. It's uh, yeah. so um, how the Holy Spirit is. Yeah, it says verse 23, Jay, now it was not yeah. written for his sake alone that it was imputed unto him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on mm-hmm. him that raised up Lord our Jesus now, Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again raised. for our justification. Bro. There's that raised again, brother. Raised up, that resurrection, a servant living Savior We're in the world today. That's, um, man, that's one of the the strongest and fullest and completest definitions of of salvation, one of them in the Bible. That's a, that's a great piece yeah. of information right there. Great piece of God's word right there. Yeah. Don't hear that preached too often for salvation. Um, I don't know if you need it though. Maybe, maybe this is maybe this is more for. This is uh, meat, right? It's not milk. It's meat. It's more something uh, you understand more after you're saved. Well, I don't know, brother. I think you could look at this as a witnessing tool too, if you're looking perspectively of the other person. Uh, I mean, as a believer out, trying to trying to persuade someone, um, you know. Well, if they ask what is salvation, Maybe not. I guess you can say, hey, look, you know, the Bible says right here. Yeah. Because you may say, put your faith in the Lord, and then you say, well, what do you mean? What's that mean? Okay, I have to remember that. Romans 4. That's good. Mm. Not a good thing. Not a, not a good All right, thing. brother. First chapter of Hebrews. Yeah, there's a lot. Yes. Oh, uh, I wanted to talk. I wanted to say this real quick about this. Um, 
out of a wicked heart you're talking about. Finally, brethren, pray for us, Second Thessalonians 3, 1 to 2. Finally, brother, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be able uh, that and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. So I was just thinking of that verse when we were talking about uh, talking about uh, those those men don't believe. Not all men have faith. Gotta watch out. No, but uh, dude, we're coming to the end of this. Um, 